Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2854, Life Lessons on What Really Matters from a Dying Man by Nikki Jones with tinybuddha.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. I read to you every day with permission from the authors or websites. We have a bit of a heavier one today, but definitely worth the time. So let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Life Lessons on What Really Matters from a Dying Man by Nikki Jones with tinybuddha.com. Quote, live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn as if you were to live forever. Mahatma Gandhi. You know how you can remember exactly when you found out that Michael Jackson died? I think it's called a flashbulb memory. It's when something traumatic happens, and because of that, you remember everything else that was occurring at that time. I was on a bus in Santorini after watching an amazing sunset. The day I found out my boyfriend was dying was just like that, but worse. I remember everything. Well, let me digress. We spent the week leading up to the surgery that was his last chance at life at Vancouver General Hospital, where we passed the days planning our casual beach wedding in Tulum. We pictured it down to the very last detail. I'd walk down the aisle, barefoot of course, to Bob Marley's Turn Your Lights Down Low, and a mariachi band would serenade us at dinner. It gave him hope and something positive to think about when the pangs of hunger threatened his usually calm demeanor. They made him fast for days as we waited for a surgery room to finally open. According to the doctors, the likelihood of him surviving the surgery was only 50%. We savored each moment as best we could, enjoying each other's company and focusing on love. When the nurse came to tell us it was time, I was taking a very rare moment in the hospital cafeteria as I didn't want to eat in front of him. I rushed up the elevator and made it just in time to accompany him downstairs. It was one of the only times I cried in front of him. I didn't know if I should say goodbye just in case. I looked into his brave eyes. I told him I loved him. I held his hand until I was no longer allowed. The doctor told me not to cry. I made my way to the family room where my best friend and our families waited. I felt loved and scared to death. 
I remember thinking that this is what it means when they say blood-curdling fear. I got it, and I thought it was fascinating. The surgery was supposed to take about five hours, so my best friend took me to my dad's hotel so I could take a shower and a break. It lasted about 15 minutes before I needed to go back. And that's the way it was in those days. Every cell in my entire being simply needed to be there. When I returned, I noticed a bridal magazine in the waiting room. I flipped through and found my most beautiful dream dress. I hoped it was a good omen. Two hours later, the doctor came in. He looked defeated. I could barely stand up. He sat down and with a tremendous amount of compassion and tears in his eyes, he told me that they had found Benito's liver completely covered in tumors and therefore a resection or transplant was not possible. I remember the moment when courage and fear collided. I asked, is he gonna die? I remember the doctor's answer. We've done a bit to make him more comfortable, but there's nothing else we can do. I curled up into a tiny ball in the hospital chair with my head between my legs and sobbed. The doctor assigned me the task of telling Benito. He said, it'd be better coming from me. I remember sitting in the corridor, holding his mom's hand, waiting. Doctors rushed past with patients on stretchers. I thought of my mom. At the time, she was MIA in Costa Rica. She didn't even know he was sick. I didn't even know she was alive. I wanted her to hold me. When I saw him lying there like a helpless child covered in tubes, my breath escaped me for a moment. But I told myself to stay calm. This next part was about him. It was all about him. He was groggy from the anesthesia, but he looked at me. With a jolt of last-minute courage, I put my hand on his bony shoulder and I told him everything. He was too high to really get it. He went in and out of consciousness. Each time he woke up, he asked in almost a joking way, am I dying? Am I really dying? I retold the story, barely holding it together. He told jokes. One time, much to the nurse's amusement, he even belted out an ACDC tune while attempting a feeble air guitar. He was awesome. But two things he said that day while moving in and out of drug-induced sleep have shaped my life forever. The first was, if I only had 10 more years, just think of all the good I could do. And the second was, I feel sorry for you. I was shocked, so I asked him why. He said, because your boyfriend is dying. We were supposed to get married and adopt babies from Peru, followed by a joke, of course, just to cheer me up. He said, now don't go dating any of my friends while I'm gone. You're hot and I know them. They're gonna try. Like I said, awesome. I think of these two things often in my life, that compassion for others and that strong drive to make a difference in the world. Turns out when a 31-year-old party boy finds out he's dying, compassion for others and making a difference is the driving force and making the entire recovery room laugh, of course. This is a lesson I'll never forget. I got my 10 more years and perhaps you will too. What can you do today that will make a difference? How can you have more compassion for others? How can you bring in laughter? Perhaps this is what it's all about. You just listened to the post titled Life Lessons on What Really Matters from a Dying Man by Nikki Jones with tinybuddha.com. And thank you to Nikki. I always appreciate these types of posts and brings me back to a book that 
I actually never read, but is often quoted or talked about among personal growth writers, and that is the top five regrets of the dying. Somewhat similar to what we heard today, not quite. The actual top five regrets, if you're curious, are one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Some of these are more difficult than others, but some can be worked on right now if we choose to. It's definitely in our power to take action. It also reminds me of another great book, Tuesdays with Maury, a memoir about the author's visits with his former sociology professor who was dying. A great one along these lines. So just a couple of book recommendations if you're looking for similar content. But I'll leave it there for today. Thank you for being here with me every day. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.